Welcome back to Regal Weight Radio. I am your host, Madison Sherrod, and today we will be discussing a public figure and how we can relate this person to everyday tax issues, John Daly. On the opening, you were actually listening to one of his songs about golf. Welcome, Philip Bethay, Cam Blake, and Natalie Luther. So first, Cam, please kick us off with a little background about our person of the hour, John Daly. Yeah, so as you mentioned, John Daly was a professional golfer who's best known for his driving distance off the tee box, as you can hear by his song, Hit It Hard, that we just listened to. He's also one of the sport's biggest personalities. Um, He was the 1991 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year and the 2004 PGA Comeback Player of the Year. So he used to be on the PGA Tour, but now he resides on the PGA Senior Tour. Um, John Daly's had a very eventful life on and off the golf course. Um, you can watch a little bit about his life in his ESPN 30 for 30 called Hit It Hard, just like his song, and an upcoming movie where Jenna Hill is playing John Daly. He played golf at Arkansas College, where his, uh, his son, John Daly Jr., is currently on the team. He's also known for smoking cigarettes and drinking Diet Cokes, where he infamously said he would smoke 40 cigarettes a day and drink 25 Diet Cokes a day. Obviously, these numbers have toned down a bit since he's almost 60 years old. You can also go see him in Birmingham at the Region Senior Tour event every year, um, where he will be the only golfer riding a golf cart and smoking cigarettes while every other golfer on that event is walking with their caddy. Another big part of John Daly's life that we'll discuss is um, his tax issues and obviously his gambling problems. Interesting enough, Philip, I heard that you have actually spoken to John Daly personally via FaceTime. Can you tell us a little about that and if you learn anything from him? Yeah, so I guess it was about a year and a half ago um, that I did personally get to meet John Daly over a FaceTime call. Um, one of my friends' girlfriend, her dad's actually on the PGA's senior golf tour um, that John Daly is also on. Um, so it was his birthday, and they set it up to where John Daly would give him a call and a FaceTime to wish him happy birthday, and he had a group of us there with him. So we were able to talk to John Daly. It was pretty cool um, just because he is so famous and a fascinating person. Um he had some pretty hilarious things to say. So definitely an interesting five to 10 minutes. He did not mention anything about these tax troubles that he had in this past though. So he definitely left that information out. Don't, don't blame him there though. Um, so yeah, I personally have talked to John Daly before, so I guess that could be called a, an inside source on the subject. Definitely an inside source. So circling back to the forefront of John Daly, Cam, can you tell us specifically about his gambling problems and the impact of that monetarily? Yeah, so actually in his 30 for 30 that we mentioned, he said he estimated that he lost about $95 million in gambling losses and had won $45 million in gambling wins over his life. And the only way he said he was able to come to that number was looking at his past tax returns. He originally said that he thought he only lost $20 million, but so based off that math, he actually was closer to $53 million net loss in gambling. He also said in that documentary that he used to take up all seven seats at a blackjack table in Vegas so that he could play all seven hands. He also said he loved the $5,000 slot machines at the Wynn Casino in Vegas. 
Um, another interesting fact about his gambling problems is one day after he had lost to Tiger Woods in a playoff hole after three putting in the American Express Championship, he drove a couple hours to Vegas and proceeded to lose $1.65 million in a five-hour gambling tear. He was famously quoted saying, I love the action. I love the adrenaline. Wow. So, Philip, John Daly had a tax lien. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so he failed to report his full amount of income for the years 2007 and 2008. So, as a result, the IRS fired a $1,053,733 tax lien against him. Um, it's definitely a substantial amount of money there that he still owed. Um, so, not a good situation at all in 2010 um, when this lien was filed against him for, for my my good FaceTime colleague, John Daly. Um, so taking a look at it, I mean, he's made over $10 million in official golf tournament winnings over his career. Um, and as we've learned, IRS audit selections are not done randomly. So the fact that he's made so much money over his career and is so outspoken about his gambling, among other headlines, um, he definitely seems like a good target for the IRS to select. And it did end up working out for them. They did notice that he did not list all of his income for the years 2007 and 2008. Um, ultimately, though, he was able to pay off his debt, didn't have to go to jail or anything like that. Um, so he is in the clear now. So, Natalie, to hear a little bit from you, we know about John Daly's tax liens and gambling circumstances and facts behind that. Can you tell us a little more of how this can be related and found in the statutes now? How do you deduct wagering losses? Yeah, so we're going to get into the technicality of everything a little bit. So um, in the Internal Revenue Code, Section 61 says that gross income means all income from whatever source derived. So this would include gambling. And then Section 165 talks about um, wagering losses and says losses from wagering transactions shall be allowed only to the extent of gains from such transactions. So you can only deduct gambling, loss, gambling losses up to the amount of winnings. So in John's case, since he lost an estimated $90 million in gambling over his life, the deduction would only be so helpful. So Daly's gambling is a hobby rather than a business activity. He often said, like Cam mentioned earlier, how he just had fun doing it and wasn't concerned about winning or losing. So that being said, let's talk about how his losses might be treated. If the gambling activities don't constitute a trade or business, which they don't, the losses from wagering transactions to the extent allowable under Section 165 and any allowable expenses incurred in carrying on the activity are itemized deductions deductible from AGI and arriving at taxable income. So in this, we were assuming that the taxpayer does not use the standard deduction. And if a taxpayer for whom the gambling activities don't constitute a trade or business uses the standard deduction, the taxpayer may not take an itemized deduction for those gambling losses to offset their gambling winnings. And since 1982, the itemized deductions other than miscellaneous itemized deductions have been allowed in arriving at an individual's alternative minimum tax and losses described in section 165 have been excluded from the definition of miscellaneous itemized deductions. So thus under this current law, the um, some of the major disadvantages of United States citizens gambling activities, not constituting a trader business are one, having to forgo the standard deduction in order to deduct gambling losses under section 165. And two, to the extent he or she has expenses that are deductible only to the extent they exceed a percentage of AGI, 
the higher AGI will reduce deductible amount. And lastly, expenses that would be deductible under section 162 may not be deductible under other sections of the code. And um, this goes for around the next decade. Wow, now that was a lot for our listeners to, you know, take in. But circling back to Philip, what is advice you can give to taxpayers who like to gamble, whether for profit or for hobby, as Natalie just discussed? Um, I mean, personally, my gambling advice, take the Auburn Tigers plus 13 against Mississippi State this weekend. Um, but in regards to <laughs> podcasts that we're talking about here today, um, I mean, gambling can be fun at times, but I guess just be responsible with it. Um, you don't want to find yourself down in too big of a hole. Uh, also, be sure to track your winnings and losses so you don't end up in an IRS audit with no records documenting, um, you know, what deductions you've taken or income that you've left out because of gambling. Um, so really, it just comes down to being smart with it because you don't want to end up in a tough situation um, with a large tax lien levied against you like John Daly was. Good advice here. So, Cam, lastly, can we just get a quick update on John Daly and how he's doing today, despite the gambling addiction in the past? Yeah, so John Daly's still on the senior tour playing those golf events. You can go see him in Birmingham every year at the Regents Championship. It's always a good time. Um, his net worth today is still around $2 million. And he has said that he still gambles a little bit, but he's sticking to the $25 slot machine instead of the $5,000 one at the Wynn Casino. <laughs> and then y'all just make sure to go check out his new movie featuring Jonah Hill, just a biopic of John Daly's life. It should be pretty interesting and a, and a good film. Well, thank you so much, Philip, Cam, and Natalie for coming to speak with us about our public figure of the hour in tax, John Daly. I am your host, Madison Schrott. Catch you next time on Weagle Radio, where we will be discussing our next public figure in tax, Floyd Money Mayweather.